Palmer. And today, I've got Alexis Raphael on the podcast. I've been a big fan of Alexis for a long time. He came to prominence in 2011 with his seminal track, Spaceship, and then followed with a series of lush, sexy, warm house records, including the massive I Know on Hot Creations. He then gained universal praise, and that put Alexis sound all around the world. As the music and the scene evolved, so did Alexis' sound, becoming somewhat harder while still remaining some of his signature elements. As the music and the scene evolved, so did Alexis' sound, becoming somewhat harder while still remaining some of his signature elements. References to Acid House, Hardcore, Jungle, Deep Pads and Vocals. However, in 2016, Alexis had become somewhat disconnected with the path the music scene was going. Uh, it took him a long time to put together what that was wrong, but it followed a three-year path to this point, and now the launching of his brand new label, Paella Hair Sex. I sat down with Alexis, who we've been good friends for a while, and we've had him on the YouTube channel before, um, so it's always a great chat with him. As I said, I've been a big fan of his music for a long time, so... Always nice to sit down with him. I sat down for a good hour and we chatted about running record labels, running, setting up pile of hair sex, DJing, buying vinyl, and a lot more. I hope you enjoy this. Let's jump into it. Hey Alexis, how are you? I'm really good, thanks. How you doing? Thank you for joining me on the podcast. I'm good, man. I'm good. I've, uh, um, yes, yeah, like I was saying before, it's just uh, lots of things going on at the moment, but yeah, it's good. Busy boy. Uh, yes, it's good to me. I like, I like being busy. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm kind of I'm getting busy again. I've kind of had some time doing other stuff, but I'm ready to get really stuck in now. So, what have you um, what have you been up to recently? I saw you in away. Yeah, I've just done I've done loads of travelling. So last time I spoke to you, I think I was getting ready to do like a five month trip to Asia with my girlfriend. I did that, came back, had a few months in England, then did a three month trip in the US. Nice. In like a camper van, RV, driving around the US. and Oh, I really want to do that. Is that fun? It was, yeah, it was amazing. It was, um, I mean, the country started, the, the, we started in the Midwest and it's just vast. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Beautiful. You know, this is stuff I was never interested in before. Growing up, I was just into going to raves. That was about it. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and that, and like, you know, I'm, 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 I turned 40 next year, believe it or not. And I did last year. Did you? It's, 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 a, good cl- it's a good club to be in. I don't know which one it is. It's a big club to be in. It is, but it's like other things are interesting me as well. So I just had this urge to kind of, you know, do some traveling like that. Obviously, I've done lots of traveling for, with, you know, the DJing. Yeah. Different. You're in and out a lot of the time, you know? So, um, yeah, USA was amazing. It's just so vast and you've never seen anything like it. I really want to do that at some point in my life. I'm not I'm not going to pin it down to when, but I'd like to do it. And Because I, I feel like you'd see a lot of the country and I see like you feel like you see the smaller parts of the country that's not on the telly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's huge. We did it in three sections. So we did the Midwest, then we did California, then we did the Deep South. Very, wow. You know? um, but yeah, it's, it's... And, you know, I, it was just great fun just pulling up in your... RV or camper van and like making fire, just simple stuff, you know? Did you drive it? Yeah, yeah, I did about 78% of the driving. Wow. 25,000 miles. Was it one of those big old ones with a big steering wheel and you just like, and a big camp captain's chair and things? And... Yeah, we had one of them. We also, so we started off with kind of like a converted camper van, which was yep. something, which yep. had a toilet or anything. So you kind of have to use the ones at the campsites. And yep. then we got a big RV. Which was one of those ones, yeah. Where I think of, that's what I want to do in a big RV and just yeah. like full on. They're harder to drive. 
Yeah, I, I read something about you know, when you're going down hills, you have to break or you have to pull in a sand bits and break at certain. Yeah, it sounds fun, exciting. To put it into a special kind of gear mode. Uh, yeah. Stuff. But yeah, it was great. Great trip. That's good. And then you're back now and I am, um, you're starting a label. I, 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 is that the first label or you're? Yeah, I've never been involved. A lot of people think I was involved with Lower East, but yep. nothing to do with me. Uh, I just released a few tracks on there. Yeah. The message. Um, no, I've never done an able. I think there's so many blooming labels out there. It's just ridiculous. Personally. There's, there's <laughs> so much. There's so much music getting released. I thought instead of just flooding it with more, and I, I wasn't. I didn't want to do it until I was ready. Yeah. Um, I had some changes and everything, and way I've seen things, and I kind of got to a point where I was like, right, now's the time. Now's the time I want to do the label. I fell back in love with vinyl, and or let's say I fell out of love with digital. Yeah, I just I just really wasn't enjoying myself about three four years ago. There were quite a few aspects of things that I just wasn't enjoying, and it took me quite a while. You know, when you've worked all your life to do music and be involved in this, and then you're doing your kind of dream, and you're loving it, and then you kind of get to a point where you're like um, not enjoying something about it, and you've got kind of negative feelings. It's a weird it's a weird point, and it takes some time to realise what's wrong. And it's yep. taken me a long time to go from the point of realizing that I wasn't really happy with things to making some changes to getting to where I am now. But one of those changes was going back to playing records and buying records because I just love it. Yep. I love it. So that's how I got into this. It's what I love, going to a record shop and buying records, feeling the records, putting the records on the decks. <laughs> records. I, just, I just absolutely love it. I don't enjoy digital. I don't think I ever did. And I and my I was always moaning about it. And my girlfriend just said, just go back to buying records. And I thought, you know what? That's what I'm going to do. I haven't pretty much looked at a digital promo since. Oh, really? That must be nice. Yeah, it can be difficult though sometimes. I mean, I haven't really been playing out much lately because I haven't. I've kind of had a break. But mm. um, as long as the as long as it's all set up well, it's great. It's great. I'm not trying to be elitist about it. I just love it. I just yeah. absolutely love it. I and 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 I find like going through the promos. I mean, there's just thousands. I get sent thousands. And going to a record shop and being handed 50 records and going through them compared to sitting on your computer at home and going through a thousand promos, it's like a completely different experience, you know? Nice to get you out of the house generally as well. Like, I, I, as someone that works and lives in my house, and uh, it's nice to have that adventure out of uh, nice for your headspace as well, just to get out of this, get out of this, out of the. The four walls you're in all the time, you know. Do you know? Do you know what? Actually, like I basically had a, a studio in Old Street, and they suddenly said we're knocking down the building. They knocked it down. It's about a year and a half ago, and so I moved home because I got some space. And then I realised I wasn't really happy at home because it yep. is, you know, waking up. You must know it's the same environment. So I got a space in Hackney Wick, but I realised that I didn't actually like that because um, it's quite quiet. The journey there from here is just a 10 minute walk and I actually like being around some life and some people. So I've never quite been happy. And what I've actually joined, done since coming back is joined a really nice kind of, really nice gym. Yeah. has workspace in it. And just as of last week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I get up, go there. It's not too far. It's in Islington. Get on the train, go there, do a workout and do some work for crash and stuff like that in the morning, then come home. And that does me. That, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, I mean, I can't just be at home five days a week. It's similar. Yeah, I we. Oh, I'm here. 
long hours at the moment and but i have like i'll go out for a run and that's gets me out or we like we'll go out to go food shopping every day just because it's yeah. a 10 minute 15 minute walk and it gets us out of the house and it's how many of you are there just me and shelly yeah see me yes. totally on my own in the studio it's totally yeah it's lonely like people don't realize that side of um of, of things some people i think are fine with that they just like being stuck in the studio on their own all week hunting away that's great yeah like, I can't do that. I like to be around people, and I like to have a little bit of life. So getting out and going to the going to Islington and just being being in the gym and working in the kind of like a, a, a room within the gym because I've got these areas just does does the job for me. That's enough, and then I can come back. And I feel like I've kind of got out. Have you are you finding that your since doing exercise your productivity has gone up? Well, it's only been two weeks. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've only been three times, but um, yeah, it's made me feel a lot more energized. Definitely. That's good. Yeah, feel good. Um, feels really good. I feel like the setup because you know, from having my own studio in Old Street to suddenly losing it, mm. it was quite a big. And you know, I can't afford them in Old Street anymore. They're very expensive down there now. It's ridiculous. So, re resetting it all up in a way that works for me now has taken like a while. You know, I've obviously been away a lot, but now I feel like it's set up. So it's That's cool. It's a good. It's a good setup. Let's let's for those uh, producers that listen to this podcast. Let's go a little bit geeky and let's just talk about setup. What are you what are you producing on? And I use I use Logic. I've always I learned on Cubase years and years ago. Uh, I went to IMW is the music workshop in the late nineties. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And then SAE, which many people know. Yep. And we, yeah, it was it was it was Cubase uh, that I learned on, and I first had, I think. And uh, so yeah, I use Logic. I've got um, I've got Ableton, but I just use it for rewire or auditioning loops and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I, I I just like the layout of Logic. I can't get my head around Ableton to be honest. I know everyone says it's a lot of people say it's a lot easier. And, whatever else but um yeah logic so logic's what i use and i've got quite a bit of analog gear uh i've got a jupiter 8 over there which yep. is my prize synth which yep. apparently apparently this one belonged to duran duran no way apparently yeah that's amazing so, yeah and i've got some other things uh i've just got this rd8 actually rhythm designer it's okay. like a, a kind of clone of the it's behringer yeah it's an 808 kind of clone how are you finding that uh i've just got it it sounds great i mean if there is a difference it's so slight no one can really hear it and it was 200 quid that's so pretty good those Behringer prices are very good i'm very like they i've seen keep seeing the news pieces go up from other other tech sites and they do look cool yeah um yeah. for the yeah. price as well for and also for new producers they do look like it gets you in there as well doesn't it yeah i think so yeah and I've got um, Dyn, Dyn Audios um, and some Yamahas. Uh, uh, but, you know, I get everything, uh, the acoustics in here are awful. So I get everything to a point and then I go and mix it somewhere else. Okay. Yeah, I was going to get, I'm thinking about getting this room treated properly. Um, and I might do that at some point. Uh, but the thing is, I'm kind of like an ideas person. So I can get all my ideas down. I can, I can, I can lay out, um, a track get it kind of 85 percent ready uh and i can even do some mix i've got mixing headphones so mm -hmm. i can some of that i can get things sounding to a point where 
it's kind of 90% there really, and then it, it needs to go into a proper studio and have a and have a, and have a mix down. So I just do that at the moment. It works really well for me. I also can't work for like solid eight hours in a day or whatever. I can do an hour or two and then I need a break. So it's quite nice being at home. Yeah, because I can do whatever. Do some ironing, not likely. <laughs> you know, I didn't come back to it. But you know, when you're in a studio somewhere, you end up going for the same walk round to a shop, getting a cup of tea, coming back, that kind of thing. It's actually yeah. quite well being at home. Do you block your day? Like I I block my block schedule my day into like chunks and go, right, I'm gonna be doing this for this time and this for this time and then this for this time. I, like kind of, kind of. I just I just go Monday morning. I think I used to, when I was DJing a lot, I used to always take Monday off. And I think it's a really bad way to start the week. But I'd be coming back from a gig, flying yeah. to London or whatever on the Sunday. And and then and then Sunday night, I'd probably go out. Because the, the weird thing with DJing, especially when you're still in a bit of a party mode, is, you know, Friday, Saturday, you're gigging and you're partying a bit as well. And then you finish work. So yes. you come home and then you want to party again. Well, maybe not everyone does that, but I used to. So <laughs> Sunday night, I'm sure if I was giving that much now, I wouldn't do that. But that's what I was doing. So I'd be like partying Friday, Saturday, then coming back, then partying Sunday uh, and into Monday and then kind of sleeping and then, you know, which isn't really the way to do things. So now do I block it off Monday, get up, gym, crash work, come home, studio in the afternoon. And so I kind of have mornings and afternoons. I guess. Yeah, that's cool. That's exactly what I do. So I have like DT in the morning and then... Yeah. podcasty stuff in the middle of the day and yeah yeah exactly exactly it works well like i, I yeah it really works well and for oh, those that sh- struggling sorry. for kind of keep momentum it definitely i definitely advise it for sure yeah, cool yeah. Let's do label so let's so this is your yeah I'm like, i can't believe this is your first label that's mad yeah yeah first label like people have like 10 i know <laughs> yeah no it's the first i've you know i just i think i yeah, I mean, I've got my own like views on things, but I think that everything's saturated with too much stuff and anyone can start a label now. It's good in a way because everyone's got access to things, but it also brings the quality down. And I've always just thought, just wait, don't jump into it. I wanted to put it out. You know, I can't be this much of a fan of vinyl and not put out records, you know? Yeah. So uh, yeah, I've done it like that. So yeah, this is the first, first label. How, uh, what, what are you? Is it is it a crush label? Is it a, what have you what, what have you called this label? It's called Paella Hair Sex. <laughs> Amazing. Did you not know? No, uh, I do. But obviously, for the people, for the purposes of the podcast, yeah. let's let's tell everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Paella Hair Sex, which basically I've always <laughs> been able to think of names for tracks really quickly and names for parties that I've done because I've been quite a few of these. Everything, but. I couldn't think of a name for a label for years. I literally, like, five years I was thinking of it. And I was in Miami once with a friend at, at the uh, playing at the um, music conference. And um, and this girl, we were having this discussion, and I said, I can't think of a name. She said, I'll think of a name for you. And she went off, came back with Pile of Hair Sex. And I was like, how the hell did you come up with that? And she was like, well, it's an anagram of your name. Yeah, it oh, is. Keep checking. Well- and I was like, okay. And then that was about two, three years ago. And then I could, still couldn't think of a name uh, when I wanted to start it. And it started growing on me. And I liked the quirkiness of it. And when I fell back in love with the vinyl kind of thing, it, it kind of uh, fitted in line with what I wanted to do, which is a kind of weird, quirky little label. And so, um, yeah, went with that. It's, that's fun. I like it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's pretty fun. Stands out, I hope. 
Yeah, and, and yeah, there's obviously a, a million ideas of connotations for logos run through my head Im immediately when you hear it. It's amazing. Well, the logo is um, designed by a close friend of mine, and it's um, it's uh, it's kind of like a bit arty. I thought if the name's so silly, the logo can't also be pilot coming out of someone's hair or something. Yeah, no. So the logo is actually quite cool, I'd say, and arty. <laughs> and the name's just completely wacky. That's cool. Um, so let's talk about music. That's you, what's the first release is your own. First release is my own digital music. Almost killed me EP. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and uh, yeah, four tracks, three. So the music I'm doing is a bit different now. You know, I've I'm just be, I've got really inspired by all the um, the records I've been buying. So it's a little bit deeper and quirkier, and it's not you're not going to hear someone playing it at four in the morning at a big. Uh, UK rave or yep. or that it's different. It's it's I'm going a bit different with things. I think it probably hit the European market. It's weird because the music you find on vinyl is so different. If you look at the top tens on Juno and you look at the top tens on Beatport, it's almost like a completely different thing. And without taking anything away from Beatport or whatever, because there's obviously great music everywhere. For me, when I listen to those vinyl top tens for Deep House mostly. On, mm. on 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 Juno, that is kind of the vibe of what I'm really digging now, and it's it's very different. I'm like in a completely different place, really, with the music. Yeah, I, I listened to the first ones. It is very deep. Um, yeah, which is it's lovely, man. Lovely warm music. Lovely. Yeah, it's different. Well, I think it brings elements. You know, like the first stuff I got known for was like I know kitchen and bedrooms, all that, yeah. and like warm pads and lush folk. There's an element of that in it, without a doubt. The second mm. track. Uh, sex appeal is being really liked by kind of UK lot and I think that one's like it's sexy house music deep house music with like warm pads and lush vocals and stuff like that so the fourth track is a is a joke track that I made did you hear it you like oh, that's the one I like house of George yeah every UK people I mean that it got played on radio one actually that's the one I like that was cool yeah, well, it's 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 definitely more in line. The production on it, I did it about three years ago. The production on that is more in line with what I would say is kind of, um, yeah, that 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 it's the one that I think would go on Beatport when it's digitally released. Yeah, it's 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 the one that's more kind of like mainstream I think, house housey kind of thing. Yeah, that's the one I thought would work best for our channel because it's just yeah, around what we're putting out, you know. Yeah, it's um, it's got it's me on the vocals. Is it nice? It's one take, and it was a complete piss take. It's got a wicked <laughs> group. It's got a really good groove though. Got a really yeah. Good. But yeah, Danny Howard dropped it on Radio One, which was um, interesting. Uh, that was cool. That's really cool. Congrats. Yeah, thanks. So the, yeah, the other the other three tracks, the other three tracks are more in line with where I want to go. But um, yeah, it's been received really well. It's gone. It got to number four on Juno. Nice. Which is sitting next to OMRS. That's cool. Some other. Great artist, so it's it's done really well. The first release, yeah, that sound is very uh, that deep sound is very coming back into London loads at the moment, or it has been for a good year or so, hasn't it? And it's yeah, it's lovely to it's, it's really enjoyable, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love I love little melodies and I love warmth in the music. I just I just find that there's a lot of music out there that for me, you know, and it's all kind of like you know subjective, but there's there's a lot of music out there that's too formulaic for me. It's like a build up, then it goes into a breakdown, then a little vocal comes in, maybe a speaking vocal, and then it drops into the same kind of thing. Yeah. I just, I just don't find there's, there's that much 
for me, it's about creativity and quirkiness and stuff. And I think that's been lost in uh, in, in, in that kind of side of things. And, and for me, yeah, I just want to hear stuff that's different and more musical and stuff you're not expecting. So that's how I'm trying to go. That's it. cool. Well, that obviously, obviously, this let's let's that leads into what are your biggest tips for production? Let's let's go into those. Jeez, uh, my biggest tips for production would be to be different. That's that's the main thing I would say. Okay. You know, a lot of people just go with what's the thing to go with and try and emulate it. And don't get me wrong, I'm I'm, I'm working on a track now, and I've been listening to some records I like and listening to the drums and. It, everyone takes inspiration from everywhere, but I think yeah, yeah. you need to make a statement with your music and don't try and conform too much. Um, and other tips for production, let me just think a second. Um, I think you need to also find your thing if you can, but that can take some time. Yeah. So, and, and also, once you have got stuff ready, once you've got music ready, um, Make, make sure your music's definitely right before you go and put stuff out. Some people in Rush, one of the biggest bits of advice I was given was someone from Resident Advisor who, when I first was getting ready to release, I had like an EP ready and they said to me, wait, wait till you get a decent label because I was going to do it on my own, on my own label. This is like... Wow. I said, wait, wait until you get a good label. Wait until you've got something that people want. Um, so I did and I got picked up by... Jamie Jones and those guys, yeah, people probably know, and that you know did well for me. Um, did that come from? Did that come from you playing the tracks out at your own parties, and then that's how they got those that record, those record got signed? Or no, what? I I started Crash in 2010. I wanted to play more melodic stuff, and everything was a bit minimal, and I wanted to go against the grain again. Yeah, uh, we started booking people like Robert James. Yeah. And the label that Jamie Jones had started, Hot Creations at the time, was kind of doing the same thing, really. You know, he was pioneering this music that had melodic bass lines, and different things. So it kind of all came together. So Crash was the party in London that was trying to outlet that music, and that label happened. So I met the guys. I booked Lee Foss and played in the track. He was like, wow, this is pretty good. <laughs> Jamie. And yeah, they signed it, and that was it. So, you know, you need a bit of timing and a bit of luck. Yeah, things definitely you know things could have easily not happened to me but you've got to be right place right time and um keep at it basically keep going don't ever give up yeah it's great i i like the fact of sitting on it sitting on music and not not releasing until you're ready until it's until it's, until it's the right time i guess i think so yeah but you do you do need a bit of luck you know you need that timing where where something hits at the right time and it's connections as well you know a lot of this is connections i mean Maybe, maybe, maybe less so now. You can just email everything to different labels, I guess. But being out there and knowing people and getting to know people is really, really important as well. Yeah, I always think it's like the trifecta of like having good music, having good network, and then and then also having a bit, of, having some social presence. You know, and it's yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, and obviously social media is so important now. So uh, how are we how are we signing records for the label? Is it just me your own stuff? Or are you going to put other people's stuff out? Or? No, no, no. We've, we've, we're putting stuff out from other people. I'm just about to sign some tracks from a Dutch artist, Larry the Cat. Cool. Who um, released on Slap Funk. Nice. Really cool label. Uh, and I've got a very big UK artist who I won't say his name, but he's huge. I think he almost had a number one hit. 
Wow. Like, artist. He contacted me and he's just like, look, I absolutely love what you're doing with the label. That's the right direction. And I said, well, send me some stuff. So he's going to send me some stuff. We're probably going to put it out under a, a, an alias from him. Cool. Uh, but I'm just in the process of signing that. And then I've got some guys in New York. My label manager's a friend in New York. I'm going to make it, I want to make it quite, oh God, my phone, so I want to make it, I want to make it quite international. So going to, for anyone, I would, I'm waiting for music. So send cool. me music. So it's info at hyalahairsex.com. <laughs> I'll put that link in the in the in the show notes and on Definitely. the so that people, so people can send me your music. I want I want anything that's kind of a little bit different and a little bit unique and it's got a bit of character and I want to put out records that in ten years you can play that record and it still says something, you know, yeah. rather than just um, the latest banger that's forgotten in four months. I mean, cool, they're functional, but I, I want to put out music, you know, records that are kind of can be maybe a little bit timeless you know that people still like I, I i went on to youtube the other day and some of my tracks like like i know and things like that people are still listening to those you know and they're still saying this sounds amazing you know and for me that's that's what i want to make tracks like that and put out tracks that you know have lastability on them i think that's important how uh like i was thinking this morning i i could start a, a, n- a number of labels because i get so much so much so much music that i like yeah i could yeah. be putting out music every like literally every day like yeah. How how are you how like then I started thinking how would I how what do I do with quality control so how are you looking at quality control like where what is the process because obviously you like it but then is it what's the next stage of getting it through that quality control what the tracks that that I'm gonna sign yeah um, I guess I'm looking for advice because I keep thinking I should sign these records and put them out but then like. There has to, I must have more quality control myself, you know, and just go instead of going no and going no, it's not quite right, you know. Well, I think it just depends what you want to do. Like, I'm in the very early stages, you know. I, I have not actually, I've got another EP for me ready, which I was going to do as the second one, so the first two for me, but I'm actually thinking to put someone else. Yeah. Uh, and we're, we're, because we're doing records, we're only going to do four a year, four or five a year. That's it. So that's the quality control in some ways, because yes. by having four or five, you know, you can't put out loads. Well, you have to pick the best, right? Yes, sure. I guess so that's one way, not putting out so much. Um, and I guess, uh, well, for me, it's just, it's gotta be stuff that I love. I'm not gonna go, if, if I'm unsure about something, there's no chance I'm gonna sign it. I've got, I've got to really dig it, and I've got to really dig the artist and the vibe and everything. I get, I get, but I guess I guess limiting the amount you put out is maybe the best way. Yeah, I guess so. I guess because I'm. Yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah, I was just like this morning. I was like, I got some tracks and they were techno, and I was like, I've got this new techno thing I've started, and I was like, should I put these? Should I sign? And I was like, do I really, 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 really love them, or do I just kind of like half like them? You know? I think it depends what you're going to do. Oh God, sorry, I've got all these <laughs> things going on. Let me. Uh... We just erase my WhatsApp from the computer. Hold on. That's okay. yeah, I think it really, really depends what you're going to do. Like what I'm trying to do is put out four quality records. Uh, I didn't even want to do it digitally, to be honest, but I'm going to put them out digitally as well, six, seven weeks later. So I just want to put out four like a year. Um, if, 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 if you want to get out a lot of music and you've got various different labels to do that on, then I don't think, I don't think it matters. If you like the music, just put it out, you know? It's, it's possible to just put stuff out nowadays without too much cost and without too much risk. Yeah, I, yeah, it's like it's very simple for me. Like, I can do it in essentially in a, a week or so. It's quite which 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 is great in a way, and it's half of half of the thing that I'm not that keen on. But you know, 
that's for me. So for yeah. someone else that just wants to put music out, I mean, how great is it that you can do that, you know? Yeah, yeah, I, I, but I do, I'm, I'm also, yeah, like I say, very conscious of quality control. I'm very conscious that I can't just throw everything out there just because I see what sticks, you know? Yeah. I see, I see some labels that do that all the time and I'm like, hmm. Yeah. yeah, it became it became one of the, the issues for me again, like, you know, I said I wasn't really happy with things. It was because, you know, you're making music, things succeed, you do well, and then you become in this kind of machine and your management are like, right, you've got to release on that label to get a gig with those guys, and you've got to release there with those guys, and you've got to have a release every three weeks, and it's just like, whoa, this is a creative thing. <laughs> I, can't, I, I can't just, you know, and it, but it did become like that, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, making music's not something that you can just do on demand. There you go. Well, you can if you just make formulaic stuff. But with me, I mean, I can't. Sometimes I can't make anything that I that, that, that is right, you know. So I think, um, yeah, I think. Um, but I think, I think, I think with 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 your stuff, you know, you can um, you, you you can put it out if you want to. If you feel good about, <laughs> but if you feel good about it, put it out. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I'll, I think I'll. I think I'll, I'll learn some more quality control. I guess a little bit. I want to. you been putting out? Oh, I can. I can. Like I've got more <laughs> three labels now. Three. But I can put out free downloads and like that's still putting music out. You know, it's like. I think it's. Great. I think it's great. It's just. It's just not how I'm doing. I think it's great that you can like get that out and and give artists the chance to get their music out. I mean, it's. You know, talking in the nineties or whatever, it was so difficult, so difficult yeah. to do anything. You know, I had a ten grand studio at home, and I couldn't really do anything on it. It was, it needed a lot of money, and it was very. It's great that, that all this creativity can happen now. So, I like the fact when we release stuff and it gets maybe 10, 20,000 streams, and then people start getting gigs off it, and it's like it's been quite a natural, natural, natural thing, and it's like, yeah, that's yeah, quite yeah, cool, yeah. you know. Definitely. What, so let's talk about the uh, process. What what processes have you gone? Like you started this label, so let's. Has it been difficult to set it up? Has it been the vinyl thing is is interesting to me as well because I've never done that. Sure. Yeah. It, it 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 it's taken a lot longer than I wanted, uh, but I wanted to get it right. Uh, so the music's been ready like some of it for over a year. Yeah. Uh, but I was traveling doing the other things. So has it been difficult? Well, what I've done is I've got. A very very good friend of mine christian to go into business with him on it mm -hmm. and so we're 50 50 but it's obviously i'm the dj and you know so it's my label in that way but he's the business behind it so he's yep. managing it and he's never actually done anything before uh to do with running local labels or anything but he just really really wanted to get involved and he's a very close friend of mine i wanted to help him have the opportunity to do that because he's really passionate so he's been doing the back work on getting the label set up so he's been negotiating. So the main thing is to find a distributor. Yep. Uh, and there are various distributors and the better distributors, there are distributors for digital and the distributors for vinyl and the better ones get you into better places and better shops. And that's what you want. So right, we, uh, okay. yeah. So we essentially went to uh, one company called above board who are really well known. They do some of the best labels. And um, it took a while because the guy running it was away. This is last year. and But they don't take anything. They listen to the music. Mm -hmm. And as in their own words, they're like, you know, digital music and vinyl music is completely different. Stuff that will sell on Beatport to number one will not sell on vinyl. You know, it's completely different. That's so, interesting. So I didn't realize that. That's cool. It's completely different. Have a listen to the Juno Deep House Top 10 and have mm -hmm. a listen to 
to to the beatport stuff and you'll see obviously there's going to be some crossover tracks yeah, yeah. but it's a completely different vibe and if you listen to the juno because juno for me is where the real chart is if you listen to the juno top 10 of everything it's really different to like beatport you know? so they came back to us uh it took a while the guy was away for six weeks and they came back and they they really liked it uh, and they they thought it'd work so um yeah, and so Christian's been kind of running that side for me. We had to get logos designed. We had to um, learn quite a few things actually about how how this kind of all works. But um, yeah, it's all good. It's just it's taken a bit of time. Uh, and then we released on the fourteenth of February for the love of vinyl. Nice. So nice. yes. Yeah. Nice. To, I'm trying to think what other what other processes. When is the when's the next one out? Next one will be March, April, May, about June. Okay. June time. And it's either going to be a second EP from me or a, or an EP from Larry, I think. Larry the Cat. And then there'll be one in the autumn, one after the summer, I guess. Yeah, yeah. For a year. Might up that a bit to five. Because I I mean, I'm, I, I'm going to start sending music to other labels, but I'm just going to release my stuff on my label for a little bit because I can just put out what I want. Yeah. So may, maybe I will need five or six a year as opposed to four maybe how many how else do you release uh weekly i've got enough to do i've got enough to do i've got enough music to do daily releases let's let's like like we're shanghai for shanghai we do we do two a month right okay which is digital um and then like the techno thing i only just started it so just because I really wanted to, put, I really like thumpy, thumpy techno. Yeah. And there was a lot of that melodic techno around. And I'm not really into that. And I was like, well, it was a, a bit of a, a bit of a, I don't like this music, but I'm going to put really thumpy techno out because I like that. Yeah. Uh, and find some artists that I really love in that in that genre. Uh, yeah. And new new artists and up and coming ones that I can kind of help them build them up just because I've got some channels that can push the numbers up a bit. You know. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I'm yeah, I'm use my I use my labels a lot to build up artists. It's great that you help all the up and comings like that. It's really, really good. I, I, I want to do the same. I, I really want to find really cool producers that aren't known. Please, everyone listening, send send me your music. I've got loads. You've got loads that you've I've got. I've got now. I've got loads of art, cool artists. Oh, right, yes, send me it. It's just, it's just not. I don't want Tech House. No, I've got loads of interesting, deep, deep and minimal. Yeah, brilliant. Send me over. Send me yeah, over. I've got loads. You asked about the processes, obviously with vinyl, you know, it, it's you've got you've got to master everything in a proper mastering plant. Yeah, that's why everything sounds a bit better as well, it can do. And and you've got to put out the vinyl, it costs a lot of money. So there's risk involved, you know? Do you, have to, do you get to choose the weight of the vinyl? Yeah, we've just gone for a standard one. We've we've we've, we've it's just a, a stamped white label. Yeah. Um I might go for those heavier ones actually. Um on later releases but i'm really excited to do i'm gonna do like picture discs i'm gonna do all sorts of silly stuff oh i love picture discs i think they're hilarious yeah yeah some picture discs i'm gonna do like colored vinyls all that kind of stuff yeah three people that collect records it's really nice to have you know yeah i i've got a lot of records not a lot of records i've got some records around me and uh i I keep thinking i should keep start buying records again because i my my techniques were broken up until last december and then and then all of a sudden i got them had enough money to get them fixed and get new needles and stuff and it was like like all Christmas, all I did was play records. It was it was amazing. These babies over here were bought in 1994. Whoa! And I got them when I fell back in love with everything and got them set up properly. 
I got them serviced by my friend and can you believe nothing was wrong on them? The pitch, the pitch was completely gone. So the pitch, if you move plus, it went minus. <laughs> we, we, we replaced the pitch and even the bowls still work and they've been used so much. It's just crazy, I'm 25 years old. Amazing piece of machinery really, the old techniques. And I see you're on an Allen Heath mixer. How, is that your preferred choice? Uh, yeah, Alan Heath's great. I just bought a little mixer recently. I can't remember what I had before. Just, it's just, yeah, I should get something a bit better, but it does the job and it sounds good. So, you know, I don't sit here mixing for hours anymore. You know, what I like <laughs> hanging out with friends and having a little mix and going through records and pulling this one out and that one. I'm talking about funny records. I've got a couple there. There's one that plays backwards. So you That's put very cool. the inside. Back in the like hardcore jungle days, especially the hardcore days, there was a, a lot of interesting weird records ones where the needle kind of just goes across the deck really far uh, across the record really fast plays out with square records wow stuff. so i've got a bit of inspiration from that and also bonus tracks which i've done so the fourth track the one you liked is the bonus track so every release is going to have a bonus track the yeah. bonus track's got to be something very different so it can either be it could even it could be anything it could be you just chatting in the studio <laughs> it, could be, it could be like um, uh, some jazz, whatever you want, anything, but not not the same as the first three tracks. Great. I'm going to have that on every release, and that comes from those old hardcore records as well. From Hope, that, hopefully, we'll uh, get somebody. Hopefully, we'll get somebody submitting some clowncore, and then and then we'll be. And, and anything goes. <laughs> clowncore clown clown bonus track. But yeah, the bonus track will only come on the uh, vinyl. Amazing. Vinyl exclusive. <laughs> Those bonus tracks are always the ones when you're playing at after parties and you're literally running out of music and you go digging into the into the uh, into the bonus tracks. Yeah, exactly. I've got some weird ones. I've got a record by uh, Remark and Louis Seifel where it's just those guys. They're just chatting in the studio about nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> That's the bonus track. Amazing. I got I got sent a record the other day. Uh, someone had taken one of the uh, taken something out of one of my videos that yeah. I put on YouTube and they've made a track out of it. Really? Yeah. There you go. It's hilarious. Go. definitely send me this music and get your music to graham guys yeah do that it's cool I'm, I'm putting some money into the label and i'm investing in trying to make it something quite special not just another label i want to i want to really take it somewhere i'm hoping that my dream really is for you know in five ten years or whatever for it to be a really legendary label let's see if that happens <laughs> that's yeah so by 2030 it's 2020 so by 2030 let's let's 2030 you know we might we might we can play this clip back can we call yeah, yeah, that would be cool. But it's a long, it's a long-term thing, you know. I'm, 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 I, I, and as soon as the music came out and it's done well and well received, people are loving it. Got a lot of messages. It's just really hyped me up. I just feel great about it. It's, it's a great project because, like I said, I was a little bit lost with things. So the label is just kind of cemented where I want to go with things. Let's talk about DJing. Uh, are you playing out soon? Are you? Are oh, you? No. no. I've just had a total break from it. And actually, I've got to be honest, you know, I'm not going to sit here and lie. I've just, I'm just enjoying not being away every weekend. I'm absolutely yeah. loving it. I am focused on the studio in the week, running the parties. I will be DJing again, but yeah. I'm going to DJ if I get, you see the other problem that was wrong for me was I ended up being booked for gigs where what I wanted to play was really different from the crowd. Uh, and, and I'll tell you, there was actually a moment, I'll tell you this story. It was an actual moment where I was DJing at a gig, I won't say what it was, in, in England, in the day, packed out, and uh, I've been playing vinyl, like I said, for the time, but 
promoter said they didn't have decks. Would I mind doing digital? And I was like, okay, no worries. So I got some music together and I, I knew it was going to be a young crowd. So I went and got house music, just house, playing up straight house music. And I'm playing and I saw this kid who, you know, probably half my age, probably 18, turned to his friend and, and I saw him mouth, where is the effing tech house? <laughs> right? and, I, and I swear that was the moment. This is about three years ago. <laughs> that was the moment when I was just like, whoa, this is just like a super disconnect, you know? I'm not even playing like, so I've been buying quite interesting different records on, yeah, yeah. you know, like different stuff, you know? And I was just playing house music. And when I saw that, I saw him out of it to his mate and I was just like, I'm not really, this isn't really for me, you know? If I'm, I love this so much. I've been doing this since I was 11. I love yeah. this so much. If, if it's not right like this, I can't keep doing it. And I stopped taking gigs in that, in that vein. And a lot of the things I get booked for, the way the scene kind of went, I was involved with, it's just very different from where I went. So I, I was still doing gigs until about a, uh, last year. I had a really good residency at uh, the Nest in Dawson. I played in Berlin. I was still doing it, stuff I knew would be right. Yep. Then I went away again. And right now what I'm doing is I'm gonna put out records. Uh, if I start getting interest for gigs off the back of the label and the new yep. music, I'm gonna do it. But if yep. it's the old kind of me with, you know, that, what I call it, I call the UK scene, but it's kind of the tech house scene or whatever you want to call it. That kind of stuff just, it doesn't work, you know, I'm not into it. So I shouldn't do it and I can't just take the money and do it and be fake about it. There's a lot of cool parties that are playing that, the right music there now. And, and yeah, there's lots of cool parties, which is, so there should be, uh, there should be. Yeah, yeah, there. hopefully. Yeah, sure, sure. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm up for doing things that are right for me, you know? but it's got to be right. And I'm kind of enjoying having a break. So like, um, hopefully kind of toward in the summer and towards the end of the year, I'll start doing, I'll start yep. doing um, some more gigs, yeah. What's, uh, is a new crush this year? Are we doing more crushes? Yeah, yeah, we've had the 10th birthday in December and it's sold out, uh, which was great uh, at E1. Uh, so we've just had, we had three big parties last year. We've got May the 9th, at Night cool. Tales, which is in uh, Hackney, which we did last year. It was a great day and night party. So we've got Huxley coming down. Cool. Uh, Maxi Sound System. Wow. Self, uh, uh, that's Songbirds. Yeah. Clinton Hooker and Marcus Eden, who's a great producer, DJ and friend. He's actually German, but he lives in Cyprus. He's going to fly over for it in the warm up. Cool. So yeah, uh, so yeah that's, that's great. It's a day and night party. Uh, tickets are flying. That's the bank holiday, isn't it? It's the bank holiday. They've changed the bank holiday. Yeah, it's a Friday. Yes, yeah, Friday. So it's the Saturday. Cool. Uh, and then we're doing, we'll be doing um, probably August as well, bank holiday. We're probably going to do three a year. Still cool. three a year. I think that's enough. Uh, and I've, I'm also starting a new party, actually, which we just secured the venue yesterday. Absolutely amazing venue that no one's used yet in um, North London. Uh, and I'm going to be starting it with two legends. One of them who was playing at Shum, the original wow. Spectrum, and literally. Um, Is this the no phones thing? Are you going to do that no phones part? Oh, we're going to bring that. Okay, so that. that <laughs> do you know what? I really wanted to do that blooming thing, but it's been impossible to find a venue for 150, 200 people because that's all I wanted it to be that I can run till 6 a.m. It's just impossible. I had like three big promoters looking for it and no one could find it. What we're going to do is we're going to incorporate that idea into this, this event. So there's, there's, there's three of us 
doing it. And one, both of them are legendary promoters who have been running parties since, one of them since 1992, one since 1988. Wow. One of them is also a legendary DJ with Andrew Weverall and all those guys, you know, he was working with Andrew Weverall in the very early days and later on. So I can't reveal who it is yet because we haven't signed everything, but we went to the venue yesterday and yeah, we're going to get a new collective things together. So that's a really exciting new project. So I'm up for doing more events. I love putting on parties. So I'll be playing at those, obviously. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Oh, that's cool. And North London, that's, that's great. I love I love North London parties. It's an easy drive. <laughs> yeah, where do, you, where do you live? Milton Keynes. So I come in from coming oh, from right. the top. So it's, it's, Keynes, well, I love it. Stay out of the stay out of the. It's all kept me out of trouble. Always when I was working at Turnmills, it kept me out of trouble. Were you working work at Turnmills? Yeah, I used to, yeah. The last five years. I used to tell you at Smarty Party. Yes, you did. You did. Yeah. I remember. Uh, I remember. And Milton Keynes, well, Milton Keynes was a uh, sanctuary. It was. It's now an. It's now an Asda. Tesco, isn't it? Asda. Oh, is it an Asda? Yep. Sad time. But we've got a brand new venue called Unit Nine. It's incredible. It, it was like they basically. Yeah. It's, it's, it's in. It's in. It's in this little, little sub bit of Milton Keynes. It's way out of town. They basically turned a warehouse into this like 300 capacity venue, and then last summer they upped it to 600 capacity. Oh wow! And it's like it's like an old it's like it's got a mezzanine. It's like an old school warehouse vibe. It's it's amazing in there. The, the sound system is great. Um, yeah, it's incredible. I'm I'm really pleased with them. Nice. Yeah, we used to drive up to Milton Keynes. I mean, it's funny because I was saying to someone the other day, like you know nowadays ravers they can go to Croatia and party and all this stuff. <laughs> I mean, all right, it'd be free, but basically you used to go to Milton Keynes or Shepton Mallet. Yeah, and that was like a real adventure, you know. It was like a two-hour drive. I remember one time I, 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 we went to the sanctuary in Milton Keynes for Helter Skelter. I remember th those days were amazing. 1997, 98, or something. And like when we were driving back, I was driving about six of us in the car, dodgy. And <laughs> I left the car. I left it in fourth gear all the way down the motorway, <laughs> all the <laughs> petrol station because I'd done all the petrol. Realised what I'd done, and then. Drove back to London, did the same thing again, and caned off the fuel tank. Oh my God, <laughs> kids, do not do that today. That's dangerous. Don't, don't, yeah, it's really, really, really dangerous. But, it's uh, really dangerous. Don't do that at all. Wild. That, that sounds <laughs> funny as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> we used to do that when they went back from driving back from Turnmills. Drive back at six, six, seven, eight o'clock in the morning, and like, yeah, horrible drive at the motorway. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing now how big the electronic music scene is. It's really great. And it's 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 just gone to this kind of next level, hasn't it? Really, it is good. It is good. And I'm and I'm like for hey for us here in Milton Keynes, I'm trying to fly the like trying to help fly the flag and try and make the city great again. We've got some great new venues. We've got some. Yeah, it's good. Everyone's digging it. I think there's something for everyone, you know, which yes. is great, you know. And also things are more open as well. You know, back in the day, it was kind of like you were in your tribe, weren't you? Oh, I like garage or I like drum and bass or yeah, like that. And you wouldn't listen to anything else. Now. People are really open to a lot of different styles. They might go to a rock concert one day, I think, and then go to a techno thing or, you know, and I think that's great. And I think things are a lot more open than they used to be, which is really, really good. Uh, cool. Well, let's, uh, let's finish. What are your five music industry tips? So five industry tips. First one is work hard, play hard, but focus on your health as well. No good kind of... Yeah, working yourself into a point where you're mentally unwell, or physically unwell, or, or you're partying uh, to a point where you're unwell. You know, you need to be in a good frame of mind. So look after yourself. When you were talking about your that your your down part, did that affect your mental? 
no, I'm I'm fairly lucky that I don't like I've been through some bad stuff in my life. I've lost people very close to me. I've had some tragedies, but um, I always seem to be all right. Luckily, I think there's definitely you know genetics involved in this kind of stuff. Some people are definitely more susceptible. Even if things are really bad, my mind seems to be all right. So yeah, I never I don't go into a depression or anything like that. Luckily, but I know people that have. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah and it, it's something that people shouldn't deal with on their own. They need to. Uh, you know, and especially with this industry, drugs and drink and everything, that exasperates it, you know? People, people with a susceptibility for um, depression and stuff like that shouldn't take anything like that, really. Yeah, yeah, and also people that are going out partying together then should be looking after each other on the, on the, in the following week and make sure that everyone's all right. And Yeah, I mean, there was, I mean, think about it. There was no... There, there, there has literally been no awareness of this stuff until the last few years, really, has there? I, have, I never remember hearing anything about this. No, not when I was not as younger, definitely not. Oh, it was like a beachy, did it? Or maybe? Uh, yes, yeah. I'm not sure, but you know, it's not been something that's ever been talked about. And if you really think about what people are doing, pills and whatever else, to you know, this stuff. I mean, it's you know, anything in moderation, in my opinion. But you know, um, yeah, there's a lot of people that are affected quite badly of it. That's the truth. I know quite a few that are affected. Badly. So look after yourself. Number two, be individual. Don't fight crowds. I mean, I said this earlier, but that would be my number. And it doesn't matter what you're doing, you know. If, it, if you're making music, putting on parties for me with Crash at the time, everyone was doing the same thing. We came with something a bit different, and it really worked. I think musically, um, be different, and and everything you do, because that's when you stand out. I mean, it's pretty obvious, really. It's easier to follow the crowd. Be creative. Right. Number three. Uh, mix and mingle get to know people um, links are everything I agree wholeheartedly um, I mean you can just be someone that's like absolutely sick on production and spends years in your bedroom and then by the time you're 18 you've got a hit and you don't even know anyone that can happen Depends yeah. what do. but I would say being out there and meeting people it's you know it's a community thing at the end of the day yeah it is a lot of who you know and wh what you know and it yep. does help you'd get leg up for sure. Yeah, without a doubt. Next one. Number four. Be nice. Always. <laughs> not everyone is, but I, I just think it's 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 not hard to be nice to people and I think um, it's an important thing and I think everyone should try their best to be like that and yeah. I'd you say never know what, you never know what people are going through as well. Pardon? You never know what people are going through as well. No. And I think, like, I mean, that's an advice for me for general life, really. Yeah. Be nice if you can. Some and the more. big final for number five. Uh, well, I kind of touched on this earlier, but I was, it's, and it's more about production and stuff, but it's be patient and put out the right stuff. Personally, that's how I would do things. And it's the advice I got given. And don't rush. Don't just get stuff out because you want to get it out. Get it right. Make an impact because... People will judge you on those first things. And also better labels might look at what you had before and not want to sign you if you've been on crappy labels, maybe. So I, I would say try and do things the right way and be patient is basically the tip. Yeah, what are your thoughts on not releasing everything you make as well? Yeah, well, I, I think most people probably don't because you're never happy with everything, you know? Yeah. Um, I've got loads of stuff that I haven't released. 
That's good to know. I know lots of producers that kind of go, make it and go, I want it signed, I want it signed. And then I'm like, whoa, calm down. Let's just see what else you make. Just to add something actually to that, which I just thought of. So I'm going to do a sixth one. And it's a bonus, a bonus tip. A bonus tip. And this is kind of for producers. I think the way to really smash it is if, if, if you have a hit is to have it backed up with another five, 10 of the same kind of vein. Because if you just have one thing, okay, you can do whatever. But if you can back that up solidly, like look at someone like Patrick Topping, you know, he smashed it with a big track and I can't even remember what it was. And then he had follow-up stuff, you know, and, and, a, and a big catalog of that. And that is a good strategy because then you really have something to go to agents with and people like that and go, look, I've got this, but I've also got all this ready to release and we can sign it to these labels. And then you can build a strategy around it. Amazing. Yeah. Alexis Raphael, thank you very much for joining me on my podcast. Me again. Always good to talk to you, bro. Yeah, lovely. Uh, great. That's going to be great. Send me the music, man. And, I, I, you know, there might be something there that's that's right. Because I really, I really, I really want to sign some young artists that are trying and that have talent and there's some interesting music. I've I got a few. Do I've, do got a, bonus track. I've got a few. I've got a few. And a bonus track. A clown, a clown or a mic if you want I, don't, I honestly don't care a clown core bonus track yeah sure I want to hear some clown core what clown core <laughs> clown terror core what was that one we found one was it speed 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 core yeah, speed core gabba yeah yeah that's Dutch so, that's Dutch that's my girlfriend's Dutch that's um, yeah it's like about 500 BPM or something ridiculous then there's terror core as well terror core and speed core yeah, like thousand, thousand. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> we and you should go out to it one day. Shall we? <laughs> should we make a video? Should we, should we bring, a, we'll bring a videographer? I mean, you're going I'm to. Um, do you know what? I'm not even joking. I am actually going to go to one with my friend, my so my girlfriend Dutch and her friend. Some of them uh, will go to that for a laugh. There's one guy that loves it. He loves hardcore, and uh, yeah, we might do a terracore night one day. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. Are you in? <laughs> I mean, I mean, let's go. Uh, let's do it. I'm up for it. Terrible. <laughs> We're just trying to go. What the fuck is this? <laughs> this one's an absolute banger. <laughs> Wicked. I better go. Thanks for listening to this today. I hope you enjoyed the chat with Alexis Raphael. I really did. It was really good fun. As ever, if you enjoy this podcast, please can you subscribe to this channel on Apple Podcast? Just hit the subscribe drop us a little comment it means the world and it also hits us up the chart on apple which is such good so good for getting bigger and brighter guests on i'll see you again next time cheers